0: This is Envision Self-Healing, a podcast episode number 12. Hi, I'm Will Fuller. And I'm Richard Miller. And we are the co-creators of EnvisionSelfHealing.com and are dedicated in helping you improve your eyesight and quality of
1: life by taking healing into your own hands. This week's topic is Step 3, Integrate, the third step in our three-step approach to improving eyesight. And in the question of the week, in the second half of our podcast, we'll be answering a question from a good friend who has a seven-month-old baby, and she asks, Should I get baby sunglasses? And she doesn't just mean should she get small, a
0: small <laughs> pair of sunglasses. She, she Although does we mean, prefer
1: those, probably. <laughs>
0: she she does mean getting uh, getting the sunglasses for her baby. Yes. Just just
1: to clarify that. So uh, Richard, how's your how's your week been? My week was okay. Um, I, as you heard last week, I, well. I added to taxes and looking for houses. Now I'm buying a house. So (laughs) I'm I'm a glutton for paperwork and uh, uh, stress right now. Get it all out of the way. Yep. So um, in one go. Yep. So now um, this is obviously pretty busy. I was doing the integrate uh, part where I was only integrating basically. Okay. Which means I was only doing exercises in the flow of things. Mm -hmm. And I did start to notice, I have to admit, that my uh, presbyopia was kicking in more. Interesting. Yeah. Because... uh because I wasn't doing the convergence exercise. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah. So uh, so start, one thing you need to do is work on trying to integrate the convergence well, into your... Well, I think what i decided is there's always a place for formal sitting down and doing eye exercises. Right. So like you can't completely eliminate formal eye exercise yeah. practice, let's say. Mm-hmm. So as soon as I started doing the convergence charts, so I guess we call them the presbyopia charts. Yeah. Um, I could start seeing better again. For so, and anyway, it, it happens fairly quickly, which is kind of satisfying. Yeah, good. Um, although it's also worrying that you can uh, de- degress as well as you can. Right. Um, I think it actually takes longer. This is kind of encouraging. I think it takes longer to degress than it does to progress. Yeah. Because it seemed like it took a fair amount of time of my not doing the convergence <laughs> presbyopia charts. Yeah. Uh, for me to start to need them again and then when I needed them I'm like oh my god I really am I'm
0: back ah, so it's very similar to what I was saying about if I don't um, do my exercises for a couple of days I start getting eye strain yeah very similar So it's like
1: a couple of days, and then you sort of start to notice. Yeah, it starts to go downhill a little bit, but you can kind of cope, and then suddenly, oh. Yeah, it's like, I need to do legs. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's sort of, I mean, it's not that different than the gym, I realize. It's like, it really isn't. It's like, you stop going, you start getting aerobic exercise, suddenly you're walking up a hill and you get winded. Yeah, Uh, It's really no different than that. Mm. And then you're like, okay, it's time to go to to the gym. Time to go to the gym. (laughs) I mean, it's kind of cool that it's... It's really not any different than the rest of
0: that. And I think also the same as with the gym. If you don't go to the gym for several months, you just just get in the habit of not going to the gym. It's true. And you get used to being out of breath and all the rest of it. Right. And then it's when you um, go back into the gym again, do you start to realize how fit you can be. Right. And
1: then it sort of stops you from relapsing, so to speak. Well, and like the gym, this is a terrible analogy, but... Like the gym, I can I can when my presbyopia started coming back, I you know oh I'll find that magnifier again. I actually yeah. had lost my my real magnifier. So <laughs> I had to find an old one somewhere, which I found. Yeah, started using it again. And You could sort of see how you, you get addicted to these sort of aids essentially. Mm. And in the, taking the gym analogy, maybe it's like you know oh I'm feeling tired. I'll drink a cup of coffee or something to give me you know or yeah. one of those energy drinks or something yeah. instead of substitute, having it naturally. Yeah. It's very similar. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. So it was an insight this week, but I do have to get back to my... I think my house is closing soon, <laughs> so I should have more time to yeah. do my exercises. So. Yeah. In, in between us uh,
0: creating yeah. some uh, products for our fantastic audience so that yeah the world can share in our uh, experience of vision improvement. Right. But I like I like that it's turning to the point of... It's almost like I don't have a choice... Yeah. To do my eye exercises now. It's like, I have to, yeah. to feel good.
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: Which is great, because I, I wasn't always in that situation. It's more, oh, I didn't do my exercises for a couple of months. Didn't really make a difference. Yeah, But now, from if you really put that initial effort in and you start yeah. to integrate the exercises into your life and also almost build a relationship with your eyes and exactly. how everything's going on, which takes a long
1: time, which people don't necessarily appreciate well and maybe it's the reverse habit building because so um, before I did the presbyopia exercises I had a habit of bringing out the magnifier and that mm-hmm. was my lifestyle was bringing out the magnifier and looking at things and now I did them enough that it's like oh I don't have that habit anymore now I have the habit of being able to read things without a magnifier Yeah. and then when it went away I'm like now I want to get back to that normal you know yeah, what I mean, you yeah. what I mean? So, where, where you could just read without the magnifier right yeah. and it motivates you to actually get back to the exercises and it's
0: amazing how it really is habitual to some yeah. extent i mean obviously it's also that physically your eyes just aren't as good as they were when you're doing the exercises right but it's amazing how it's also just that habit of uh
1: of using the magnifying over and over again right well and i suppose i was still doing palming and sending in sort of in the flow of things mm-hmm. um and I thought, I guess I convinced myself, oh, that will be enough to keep the presbyopia at bay. Right. But it, it obviously... And maybe that's how I, I got by for a longer period of time before, before they went downhill. Yeah. Um, but it does seem like certain, certain conditions require certain exercises to, yeah. to fully uh, fix them. So.
0: And I don't think it would always be that way. I think if you got to a point where you'd pretty much got rid of the presbyopia... And if I do get rid of the presbyopia, then I don't think it will be a case of after a couple of days, you notice it. You might find that your eyes might feel a bit more fatigued or whatever. But I could imagine when you get to that point, then you're looking at weeks and months before you start to realize your eyes deteriorating.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Instead of just true. a couple of days. Yeah. The other interesting thing I discovered this week um, is a test for my condition, uh, oh, okay. a, blood, a genetic blood test from. At least I think it's a blood test. I haven't actually researched that part. Right. Okay. So I'll be in the next few weeks. I'll be looking into um, figuring out if you've if anybody's listened to any of my blogs. I still have a question of whether I have the genet, uh the dominant form of my condition, which is optic. It's, it's technically called autos- autosomal dominant optic atrophy or autosomal recessive. Bless you. Uh, (laughs) and I'm trying to figure out whether I'm dominant or recessive what would you say am I dominant or recessive (laughs) I don't want to answer that I know it's a a trap isn't it (laughs) Yeah. I have my mom I have my dominant moments, I definitely have my recessive moments. Yeah. But I want to know what my genes actually are. So interesting. So. Mine are just um, Levi's, I think.
0: Yeah. <laughs> sorry, that's a terrible joke. I hate using
1: that joke. Yeah. Well and this lab is in Estonia, which of course huh. sorry. That's a, sell- that's a selling point. <laughs> that's right a selling point right there, right? <laughs> well, sorry, Estonians. I'm sure you're yeah. listening in too, but no way. It, uh, us uh, ethnocentric Americans. Well, I suppose it was in Britain, I would feel confident, but right. it's our prejudice. It's like, Estonia, really? Yeah. So where, where is that? It's uh, one of the, um, what are the, you know, Latvia. <laughs> no, I meant that's what, in America, I'm impressed that you know what I mean. Oh. <laughs> that's what we would think. Yeah. I actually know where, well, I know generally where Estonia is. That is that a part of Florida? <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right. So, um
0: yeah well that's good that you've had a good week this week. I also had a a very good week with my eyes. Um picked up the weights again this week actually. In, really? Uh, yeah. Sort of uh, want to try and start working more uh, body and strengthening exercises into my daily routine which uh, which is going well a little bit sore but um but enjoy it as just the same as you know it's been a few months since I've since I've done weights so it's wow. nice to Jump back in again, and uh, yeah. so I feel um, I feel weaker than I normally do because I feel like all my muscles are aching from all the weights. But I guess that's something you get used to. So I was pleased about that, and also um, my juicing was better this week. And I think it was because I sort of realised before, you know, when I said that I was getting a, a lax in uh, my juicing, I, I was sort of missing a couple of days here and there, and um, a few weeks ago, and I sort of realised. I was trying to watch myself when I wasn't motivated to do the juicing, like why wasn't I doing it when I was getting up in the morning? And of course the biggest factor as always is time. Right. So I realized that if I could cut down the amount of time that I'm juicing, then I'm more likely to juice. Right. And that was because of the quantity that I was juicing before. Right. Right. So I I just accepted that I wasn't going to get as much juice. Ah. But some juice is better than no juice. So I sort of tricked myself into juicing, I guess. Ah. So, uh, yeah, so I've done it. And and even though I was in a rush, um, I was more motivated to just juice a couple of carrots and some greens and uh, drink it before I... Before good. I head out the door, so I was pleased about that. Uh, that sounds good. Although I might have been too motivated today. Um, I maybe only had about three or four carrots left.
1: Uh-huh.
0: Normally I juice about eight or nine large yes. carrots. Uh, but I only had about three or four and a whole uh, head of kale. All right. So uh, fresh from the farmer's market that I've been looking forward to uh, drinking all week. So uh, I, I juice the three or four carrots and then I juice the kale. hmm and it had a very strong my uh oh, my caveman right. senses were telling me that there was gonna be a strong taste involved. Right. So I thought, okay, how could I maybe water this down a little bit so I found a head of lettuce? All so right. I, I put that in. And um wow, it was it was a wake-up call this morning. <laughs> it yeah. was very strong. It was like uh it was like a triple espresso <laughs> in every and I was trying to get out the door and I was trying to drink it quick and uh, oh. it was it was very difficult. So uh, so I added a beet. To it, to try
1: and add some sweetness to it. We but, should invent. Uh, you know how there's wine tastings. We should invent we should do some juice, a, juice, a, a juice, tasting. juice tasting ritual. You know how they swirl the, the glass <laughs> yeah, with the wine. Yeah. You should be like yeah. smelling the bouquet yeah, and, and swirling it around in your mouth. The bouquet, oh, it smells like uh, fresh leafy vegetables. <laughs> it's got because it is. It's got a carrot nose. Like
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Which you probably would get if you drank too much juice. Um so anyway I was pleased that i figured that out um this week and and there is also you could argue that there's a, a debate on whether if you drink that amount of juice your body can only absorb so many nutrients. Oh. So there is a chance that if you're uh, overdoing it then you're just flushing it through basically the yeah, system yeah. yeah. So but I think what I'm going to do is is days that I have more time then I'm going to commit myself to doing the larger juices. And then the days I know that I'm um, busy and I've got to get out the front door early in the morning, then
1: some carrots, just a green, and then I've got my carotene and my lutein. If there's any way you can keep track and see how you feel, it would be an interesting. And maybe you, you're actually fine with the lower amount. It's hard to know. Yeah, well, I mean, it's, it's difficult to say because the, the recipes that I've
0: been doing is not so much to feel good it's to help rejuvenate uh, the eyes right. and with my condition. True. So it's, it's really harder it's, to track. Yeah. So, but I mean, I always feel better when I induce. Yeah, okay. Um, always. So, but uh, one thing that I did do uh, on the weekend, which was really enjoyable just to go into my healthy lifestyle, is I went for a, a hike over at, uh, Marin, which is, those of you that don't know, that's just across the, uh, across the bay opposite San Francisco. And they've got some lakes. There, I think it's called Laguanitas Lake, mm-hmm. which I was excited about because they also make an IPA, which uh, right. which, is, which is one of my favorite IPAs here <laughs> in San Francisco. No one doesn't drink at all. <laughs> <laughs> this is to counterbalance the healthy lifestyle. <laughs> um, so anyway, so we went for a lovely walk and it was a beautiful sunny day and we went for a walk. It was, it was like a three mile walk around uh, around a lake. Right, there. Nice. So uh, really enjoyable, although I noticed um, half the lake was in sunlight and the other half was sort of in trees right. that then led into some uh what they call the big
1: uh, uh redwoods? Redwoods. Redwoods. Oh, yeah, redwoods yeah you're from britain aren't you so <laughs> i was gonna say oak <laughs> tree say redwoods. that would be very british yes <laughs> so uh
0: anyway so i i noticed that when i was walking through the woods it was actually so as i'm walking around i'm trying to do the periphery Stuff right, which is me integrating my peripheral vision eye exercise. I try to um, tune into my periphery and walk around and not fall into the (laughs) lake. So, um, but I noticed when I was doing this that when we walked through the wooded area, because it was light, there was like sun would come, sunshine would come through the trees, but it would be light, dark, light, dark. Right, and I actually found it quite difficult, and I I obviously realised why, and it's because my eyes are trying to adjust to sure. the dark mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden it's bright so my eyes adjust to the brightness and then it goes dark again right so just where we've talked uh, where we always talk about the pupils dilating and constricting right. and also the rod cells they're awake and then they're trying to shut off again and yeah. they're awake and shut off again so um it was it was a really interesting way to observe and also i found it more difficult because the uh, the track sort of thinner and there was a uh, poison ivy that i was being warned about oak, and oak. yeah i oh, was it what was it called? Uh, poison ivy oh, boy- <laughs> sorry i keep poison correcting ivy. all your regionalisms so, so i had uh <laughs> so the lake to the left of me jokers to the right no ivy to the right oak and then there's sorry, oak oak so the small part <laughs> and um so yeah it was difficult to be to be in my periphery uh-huh. um and being aware of all this stuff. So it was certainly more of a challenge and also having the light and the dark um, contrast. So it was interesting um, to have that challenge. And especially when I walked into probably the only muddy puddle in the whole of the three miles (laughs) walk and managed to put my nice nice, uh, sneakers or trainers through that. But um, one thing that I enjoyed about it was I didn't get anxious. Uh it was more these observations it was like oh I can't see that well because of this and because of this it wasn't oh my RP and now I can't see and I'm embarrassed and I'm bumping you know it was just like the downward spiral and then oh I'm never going to go walking in the woods again Um, but one thing that was a nice little uh, reminder of achievement of of my hard efforts as we got to the end and it got to more dense uh, redwoods Redwoods. Mm -hmm. then um I was actually, as I was walking through and I was like, I wasn't going to give up on looking in my periphery and I was still looking in the periphery and I was able to see as I was walking through the redwoods passing me, right. the the big uh, trees to the right. left and right of me, probably it helped that the sun was coming through. and I'm going to put pictures up on this on the Facebook fan page, actually. I've, uh, I've got a picture there. Of uh, of the path that I was walking through, that shows the difficulty of the light and dark. Um, I've also got a picture of where the sun's coming down through the redwoods. Oh yeah. So uh, it meant that there was more contrast for me, but it was nice um, to to be seeing these these passings of the trees as it was going uh, past me, and that my periphery, you know, was waking up over the walk, and um, and to see that my my peripheral vision was better by the end of it. So. Uh, yeah, it was a really enjoyable walk, and then we went and a, a lovely barbecue.
1: Nice
0: before uh, before heading back to San Francisco. Oh, very so nice. I'll probably also stick up a picture of the lake as well. It's a beautiful lake.
1: Mm.
0: I think it's uh, man-made, mm. uh, where they filled in uh, some of the valleys up there. Nice, lovely fresh fresh water. So anyway, I think it's about a good time to head over to topic of the week.
1: Topic this week is step three: integrate the third step in our three-step approach to improving eyesight. Uh, and that that's, the topic is basically taking your eye exercises that you may now practice formally mm-hmm. and integrating them into your life, into the flow of your life. Yeah, just just like uh, you've probably gathered by now,
0: listening to when we talk about uh, our own exercises and. I mean, who would have thought that uh, walking through the woods could be an exactly. eye exercise? A peripheral eye exercise, yeah. And this is really an, an important aspect of our three-step approach because, I mean, there's many reasons, really, but one main one is just time. Yeah. I mean, we, most of us really do not have the time to fit in several hours. Um, I mean, we encourage you to do at least an hour a day, and that's what you were
1: talking about, Richard, before about how you feel that the convergence eye exercises, right, right. The formal exercises the, the reality is that someone without a serious vision condition, so somebody with just myopia or something, astigmatism, yeah, they could probably get away with an, uh, an hour of formal eye exercises and be good. The reality is that someone with a more serious condition like glaucoma or cataracts, you know, would probably want to be doing more, mm-hmm. more than an hour. And yet it's unrealistic. Yeah. And so this is where we brought in the integrated approach, both to help both groups, really. Yeah. The, the people with just myopia or astigmatism, it's so easy for them to throw on a pair of glasses. Yeah. If we say, now you have to practice an hour a day, it, a lot of people would balk at that. Yeah. So this is our way of approaching that time crunch for both groups. So yeah. the people who just want to get rid of their glasses, maybe we can reduce their hour to half an hour or even 20 minutes. And in in that aspect, if it is just maybe a
0: refractive area, then you know just through positive visual habits, you can see improvements. Right. Um, we know people that have just by reducing the prescription in their glasses have indeed improved their eyesight. Yeah. By and then also in integrating in good visual habits at the same time. Yeah. So um, a lot of the positive visual habits is sort of you do the formal exercises, and then the idea is they sort of rub off. Right on your daily life. Right,
1: and so eventually it sort of leads to a good habit. Right. Well, then, then there are people with conditions, serious conditions, and I think they all they too have to do this in a great step because it's unrealistic for someone to do three or four hours a day of eye of exercise. So. I think
0: I think it, it really also um, just like I mean I see it every day because I'm always trying to work my peripheral vision. And I also really think that the brain brain plays such an important part in our role in vision that if you can keep reminding the brain, Mm -hmm. you know, this is what we're meant to be doing, this is what we're meant to be doing, then, uh, you know, habit turns into um, structure and then your your vision will improve that way. We're not saying the only way. I don't think that if I just spent my life um, paying attention to my periphery, that would be
1: enough um, to really help my condition. Yeah, I think then as time goes on, though, you probably have to spend less time doing the formal practice. It just reduces it. Yeah. And uh, then you have a, a life that's pretty easy to live at that point. You're just integrated in and doing the, a few exercises. So, Especially
0: when a lot of us live on a routine. Mm-hmm. Um, we really function best in a routine and people that are working offices or... You know they have a, a daily job that they go to there's this routine that evolves and if you can work you know vision improvement into that routine then it
1: doesn't take long before you pick it up and you're doing it on a daily basis yeah for me like for instance I moved uh, I think well in my blog I've talked about how I meditate and how I've incorporated uh, palming I guess that's the word is integrated palming into my meditation mm-hmm. and I have a special palming stick That I've created that is the right height. Well, actually, has a monopod at the bottom, so I can adjust it to any height. But I've set the height so that I can be sit on a meditation bench, and palm at the same time. Oh, okay. So that was a that was number one my integration. I did that a while ago, Mm -hmm. but just recently, the simple fact of I moved it, moved my meditation bench and my palming stick to my bedroom, from uh, my massage room. Right. And it meant oh, I get out of bed. I walk over, I, I get on the be- meditation bench. It's yeah. so much easier to build into your life that way. In some ways, that's kind of an integration step, too, mm. of uh, figuring out how the habit pattern can flow easily into your life. And that's made a big difference for me. If, so then I can palm right when I get up, I can palm right before I go to bed because I'm looking at it as I come into the bedroom or if I get out of the bed. It really helps. And I've noticed that it it can also work with
0: any sort of uh, lifestyle, habit, even uh, healthy eating. I know that if I have something like uh, oats or porridge in the morning for breakfast, then my tendency is to have a cup of tea with it, uh, maybe a nice L Grey. Whereas if I have something like granola and fruit in the morning, then I'm more inclined to want to have a juice, something sort of fresh. Uh, And and it's almost over the years... um, obviously growing up and having the porridge and a cup of tea and it's sort of it's it's a habitual thing that I do so it's the thought of having the porridge and and juice just doesn't enter my mind at all so if uh, we run out of if there's no fruit in the house or there's no granola in the house then I go to the porridge and then why if I'm having porridge and I have a cup of tea so it's interesting how we sort of associate certain things and if if you can change and manipulate your habits around to be positive mm-hmm. ones, then yeah. uh, your vision improvement can be that much easier. Yeah,
1: you're almost tricking yourself a
0: little bit. Which, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: You think you could just, you're in I'm in control of my life, I can decide <laughs> what I do. It's like, well, you kind of have to trick yourself too. Yeah. A little bit. And it, I guess part of it comes from acknowledging, and,
0: and this is such an important part of vision improvement that we've not really even touched base on yet, and it's um, sort of being honest with your uh, daily habits and your lifestyle right. and sort of observing what you're doing. And part of that comes through the vision journal and, yeah. and just um, some guidance as well, having people that have experienced it um, and sort of say, OK, where can I fit these exercises into my daily life? And it's sort of getting rid of the excuses of "oh, I don't have time to do three hours of eye exercises." Right. Anymore. Yeah. And
1: we're saying, "Well, don't." <laughs> well, part of it's this integrate is like um, it, when you say, "I don't have three hours." If you start putting out the you know the five or ten minutes you wait for the bus, the five or ten minutes you wait for the water to boil for your tea, mm-hmm. you know things like you just find these little holes through your life, yeah. And then you put the exercises there, build the habit of putting the exercises there. You know, doing jaw rotations while you're, you know, not brushing your teeth—that could be—that could be messy, (laughs) dangerous. (laughs) As (laughs) they looking in the mirror or something. We're going to be getting emails (laughs) from lawyers. Oh, I got to try that. (laughs) My my client was doing (laughs) jaw rotations while brushing his teeth. Yeah, the challenge is to follow the teeth with the toothbrush while while it's moving. (laughs) Very very challenging, (laughs) and certainly
0: really easy things like shoulder rotations while you're on the computer or waiting for a bus. There's so many things that if you really tally up at the end of the day, you'll realize that you're actually doing a couple of hours of eye exercises without even thinking about it. Right. And even uh, small things like uh, today when we were having lunch and I realized that I could see a light up in the top left-hand corner right, yeah, of my periphery. He, yeah. He stopped talking to me <laughs> I, couldn't, I couldn't concentrate. <laughs> I was like, wow, I can see a light. Um, and it actually took my attention yeah so but it just meant that um for the rest of the conversation i just i was I was still listening to the conversation, but my attention was around me, and I was taking in the lights and people walking past and you know it's, it's still stimulating the periphery and it's still doing the eye exercises, just not necessarily in
1: a formal way right, and I think the other factor though we have to is the embarrassment factor i mean when you start integrating these things, things in, you start being the guy on who stands on the street corner. Yeah, waving his true. head back with his eyes closed, <laughs> doing sunning, and yeah. you just have to get over that at yeah. some point. Or wearing obstruction glasses in public, things yeah. like that. And I think a big part
0: of that comes from when you start seeing the improvements. Yeah, It's, it's like, do you know what, com- com- in, comparison in comparison to, to the improvements, yeah. uh, you know, yeah, I don't care it. what people think.
1: Everyone thinks
0: everyone's crazy anyway. It's so. true.
1: <laughs> and just think if you actually start getting asked about it, then you can say, I'm doing eye exercise, and you can yeah. pass the word on. So.
0: Well, hopefully one day we get to a point where you will see somebody doing eye exercises at a bus stop and you can say, hey, are you doing those eye exercises from (laughs) those envisioned Self-Healing guys? Yeah. And they would go, yeah. They were like, wow, let's join our own group. Yeah. That's how it's going to be. That's going to be it that way, yes, for sure. And when we start selling our Envision Self-Healing t-shirts and polo tops, <laughs> just so that... And it will say... And on the t-shirt will say, Yes, I I'm am doing, doing eye exercises. exercises. Yes. <laughs> yes. yes. Definitely <laughs> got to do that at some point. Don't call the police. I'm doing eye exercises. I'm doing eye exercises. <laughs> I'm not crazy. Maybe that's it. I'm not crazy. <laughs> yeah. Don't call the, the funny farm. I'm doing eye yeah. exercises. Envision says I'm not crazy, so I'm not. Yeah. Okay, great. Well, um... A very important topic there that we're really only just touching base and we could really go on, as always, with a lot of these topics a lot more on the importance of integrating the eye exercises into your life. But we hope that gives you a little bit more of an insight into why the integration is such an important part and probably something that you're going to want to do anyway because very few people have the time. And instead of spending hours every day, doing these eye exercises you can cut it up 50 50 or Mm -hmm. start working it into your life and still see the benefits the vision improvement has to offer um, outside the frustration of a tight time frame right sounds good so let's move on to a question of the week
1: Question of the week comes from a good friend of mine who has a seven-month beautiful baby girl. And she she knew who I was and what I would think probably, but she still asked the question. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I love that. Yeah. What, do you, what, what, do you, you what do you think about, about baby sunglasses? <laughs> yeah. I think she knew the answer, but uh yeah. she was she had read some advertisement. Oh, you gotta hear this. The advertisement said. Uh, What is it? Your eyes get sunburned too. (laughs) I'm just like, oh my God, how can they possibly say that? You
0: could rub Factor 50 SPF on your eyeballs. Yeah, just rub sunscreen in your eyes. That makes sense.
1: (laughs) We've come up with a new surgery that implants sun cream into your eye. So I've never seen this, but apparently there are babies walking around with sunglasses on, tiny little sunglasses. Oh, I've seen it before. You've seen it? Yeah, I've seen children. It breaks (sighs) my heart. It really does. All right. So let's, let's tear this apart. Oh, but I've never heard of babies, though. I've seen yeah. ch- children with sunglasses. Yeah. All right. So the first thing that's got to be going wrong here is you're, you're putting... Uh, a baby is, a, is, is developing all of these muscles and brain connections and all of these very important things, yeah. and you're putting an artificial thing over their eyes at a very crucial moment. It just yeah. seems really not the right very unsensible
0: thing to do and so but for those of you uh, a bit of a bit more of an understanding of why that is and it's because the eye actually has a layer called melanin, which is the same as what you have in your skin which right. protects you from sun rays right so yeah. there there is that there is that layer there that is already protecting you from the sun and very few people know that
1: right right well let's go through the eye a little bit more systematically so uh, number one, was the rays they're worried about, I guess, are UV rays. It's, that's the... Uh, that's such a young age. I, yeah, I know. Because so anyway, the lens absorbs most of the UV rays to begin with. So any damage they're worried about is probably at the retina. Although you could... I guess you could make an argument they're trying to protect babies from cataracts when they're 60. <laughs> which is like, <laughs> who's going to do that study, you know? Yeah. Anyway, yeah. so... But the lens absorbs <laughs> UV rays. And then the macula is yellow. Yeah. So it absorbs UV and and high blue rays and protects and, uh, protects, and protects the macula yeah. from that. And then you, what you were just, then there's the pigmented layer beyond mm-hmm. that, which is dark and sort of kills all the light beyond that. Yeah. And that's where the melanin is, and um, that's what the melanin is there for yeah, is to absorb your, that excess light. So my big fear is that
0: obviously, if you're in a country that is dark all the time. As opposed to somebody that's in a country with lots of sunshine, then you're going to have less. You're going to develop less melanin because you just you don't need it. So if you want a really really white baby, maybe you should put sunglasses. It. <laughs> <laughs> so my fear with this is that you think that you're helping your child when in fact it just means they're not developing this natural
1: defence that the body has yeah.
0: to sunlight.
1: Right. As well as, I'm sorry, I'm not right about this. (laughs) As well as, you're not exercising their pupils at a young age when these muscles are developing and the the motor skills are developing, and well, it's it's involuntary, but still, the skills of of the pupil shrinking, shrinking and dilating. And if
0: I mean, you could think of it. So, um, and those of you that have been following our podcast and our other material we will know that the the, the the pupil constricts when it's bright sun out. And that in itself is a defense mechanism against the yeah. sun. It means that only as the, the light is being focused on the macula, which is what Richard just said, is uh, yellow in color and helps protect it that little bit more. So the eye is protecting itself by shrinking and reducing the amount of light. So yeah. it's only going through that central part of the lens. Now, ironically, if you're... having your child or even yourself is wearing sunglasses then it means that constrictor muscle is becoming weak so it's more likely to be dilated so that if you are out then you're getting more sun in your eye right um, than if you hadn't have worn the sunglasses in the first place so I guess people could say well you just wear sunglasses all the time (laughs) yeah for the rest of your life
1: all the time I'm
0: sure if this was a Ray-Ban advert then uh, definitely that's what we would be saying yeah but you could be doing yourself a disjustice in the long run by Wearing the sunglasses and
1: encourage your children from wearing sunglasses as well. Well, and, the, and the, my friend is the same. She wears sunglasses as well, and um, and she complains, and she and the baby comp, baby doesn't complain. But <laughs> both of them are sensitive to light, essentially. So yeah. when they come out, she puts on her sunglasses, yeah. and she, when the baby comes is is out, she. she Wants to put sunglasses like yeah. The baby is, you know, blinking and and stuff like that. Yeah. And I think that's just a sign that it hasn't spent enough time outdoors. Or yeah. Uh, well,
0: and it's well, it's just developing. Our exactly. Visual system yeah.
1: is developing. And I mean,
0: also, I don't want to, I don't want to overgo that, But the cones respond to sunlight. That's what the cones oh, respond yeah, yeah. to. So if you're not getting that natural sunlight. Then oh, you're just... making me
1: even more on <laughs> know, right sorry it. about <laughs> it.
0: <laughs> so, but I think it's a good time to say that, um, obviously, in extreme situations. Right. Um, and not, you know, we, we're talking about in general here. So, if your baby is going snowboarding,
1: yeah. <laughs> definitely get the baby sunglasses.
0: <laughs> or, you know, maybe you're out on a, on, a, on a boat and it's a white boat and you've got the, the light reflecting off the ocean or... Um, I know when the sun is setting and maybe you're pushing the pram in that direction yeah. and the light is directly... See, but normally, I mean, just wear a hat. That, just, uh, yeah, that is true. Just put a hat on. Over, and actually, she did say that. It's like, I it put anyway. a hat on. Is that good? And yeah. I said, yes, put a hat on. So we definitely recommend hats uh, over sunglasses and, and indeed just the hats in general to help take that, that glare off. Um, but still, you really... I mean, over the past couple of million years... You know we've managed to develop this ability to survive out in the wild in the sunshine. I don't know why all of a sudden exactly man feels that they need a pair of sunglasses. Um, right. Probably because they're around two hundred dollars and they're Gucci, uh, Armani. Right. Just made up my own brand there. <laughs> um, and and yes, it is a fashion statement for a lot of people. And a lot of people will say, well, well, how can I go without my sunglasses? And I suppose the thing is, is I mean, if you really have to, then uh, just from time to time for fashion purposes, but really yeah. you shouldn't be wearing your sunglasses. Ironically, fashion
1: purposes. I guess on the beach it is fashionable, isn't it? I see it a lot at night for fashion purposes. Yeah. That's even the worst part. But, so, but I will say, I, re-
0: I remember along a similar lines, my uh, sister who has a, a three-year-old niece and... Uh, when I went back and visit again, she said, Oh, I saved this article for you. You've got to listen to this. Yeah. <laughs> She's like, you, you, need, you need to listen to this and tell me what you think. So she read it to me, and it was an article in a mum's magazine. It was like Mum's Monthly yeah. or whatever. And um, I'm sure if that is a real magazine, I apologize if it's not you. I just try to make that up. Anyway, so at least half a million, a million women read this thing every week right. or every month. And it was an ophthalmologist talking about all the negative side effects of the sunshine and how and the cataracts and your child is damaging their eyes and the UV rays and it was this big long... And I sort of laughed it off a little bit because um, really common sense. I mean, just oh, just yeah. just use your common sense on this one. Anyway, I said to her about even looking at the book, um, the magazine, sorry, I said, I bet you there is a sunglasses advert somewhere on that page. And she was like, no, I don't think that... Oh, yeah, there's one here on the bottom right-hand corner. And I was like, I knew it. Yeah. So you do have to be a little bit careful with these things. And, and just because maybe an ophthalmologist mm. um, is saying it, doesn't mean it's not an ophthalmologist sponsored by Ray-Ban. Right. Um, and uh, yes, the, yes, UV rays can be hazardous and in certain situations. But really, in general your child shouldn't need sunglasses and we really need to be letting our children develop their natural visual system exactly
1: yeah especially at a point and i think i at a point where their visual system is developing before you know at that age yeah so yeah so anyway, we're going
0: to sit here for another hour and, uh, and discuss this topic, uh, but we are going to save you guys from having to listen any more of our rant. And we hope you enjoyed this week's podcast. Feel free to leave any comments down below. Or indeed, uh, you can also get a lot more tips like this uh, through our blogs and through our other podcasts that you can check out on our website at envisionselfhealing.com. And if you haven't done already, you can download our free ebook, A Modern Day Guide for Improving Eyesight, that can be found on our website. And that's got a lot of uh, tips and advice on vision improvement and indeed how our eyes develop naturally and how you can improve your eyesight naturally without having to use any um, negative side effects or preventing yourselves from improving your vision in the long run. So I hope you enjoyed this week's episode. Good luck with your eye exercises this week and happy healing. And have a good week.